Today's scripture lesson is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and there, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. We've been in the series for the uh, past couple of weeks called The Life of a Disciple, or Disciple Life. And uh, in this series, we've really been unpacking what it means to live that kind of life, the life of a disciple. And we talked uh, the first week about what it means to live into discipleship as a very concept, a person who follows, a person who is guided by somebody wiser than they are. And uh, we see this in the lives of the 12 disciples that we have mentioned in the Gospels as uh, they continue to follow Christ and learn from Christ during uh, all of his days on earth. And then there's this shift that ends up happening in Scripture around the book of Acts and on where those disciples are starting to be called apostles. And now this isn't like they've graduated to the next level. They continue to remain disciples all of their lives, and that's important. We'll get back to that. The uh, expression uh, apostles simply means those who are sent. And so they start being called this after the Great Commission where Jesus says, Go, sending them. Go, therefore. Uh, and from then on they're called apostles, but they remain disciples, committed to a life of following Christ of learning from Christ. And last week we talked about that concept of being a lifelong student, somebody who is always eager to learn, to acknowledge that we will never get to all of the answers perfectly. We may get close in some of our answers and we may uh, have some answers that are different than other people, but we still must commit ourselves to a lifelong learning as disciples. And today, we look at the next characteristic of a disciple. And uh, as you may have noticed by now, that word after disciple, life, is all capitalized in your bulletin for a reason. Because it's an, I can never remember, is it an acrostic or an acronym? An acrostic, I, hear, I heard that word. Is that an acronym. All right, I've got competing words, so I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> it's one of those words that represents other words. Uh, uh, and the first letter there, L, is for learning, as we talked about last week. Today we look at the I, which is intentionality. This has become a very, uh, a very popular word in the past couple of years, to be intentional with things. Uh, and and just out of curiosity, this is one of those awkward parts where I get y'all to participate. What does intentionality mean? How would you define it? Focus. Focus. I like that. What, what you plan? 
purpose. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You mean it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, these are great. These are all great words, and I think that they define uh, intentionality pretty well. Uh, It's, you know, if I were to get really technical with intentionality, it's a mental state. So it's something that happens in our minds, something that we conjure up for ourselves in our minds, involving a commitment to a course of action. So there are three key factors in that definition there. First of all, it's a mental state. So it's something that we do in, within us. Okay, it's not something that somebody does for us. It's something that we do within us. The second thing, commitment. It's purposeful. It's something that, that we actually must decide for ourselves that this is what we are going to do. And that's the third word is action. There's always activity that follows intentionality. Just because we have the intention to clean up the kitchen doesn't mean that the kitchen's going to get clean, right? (laughs) Just because we have uh, the intention to do something meaningful in our lives uh, doesn't mean that it's going to actually happen. Intentionality must be followed up with a course of action. There's actually a fantastic book on this, pardon my French, uh, but it's called To Hell with Good Intentions. And it's a, it's a book all about how good intentions are great and fine, but they don't make any difference. In fact, that's kind of not what an intention is. An intention must be a commitment to a course of action. And so as we're considering how that fits into the life of a disciple and how we might adopt that within our own lives, I want us to consider those points in which we might be more intentional about certain things. And those points that we might be more careless with. Uh, I, re- I remember growing up, my, my sister, sorry sis if you're watching this, uh, she, had, uh, she had this tendency to follow up on a lot of her actions with the expression, I didn't mean to. Like, I believe that. Uh, one time we were uh, riding bikes uh, together and something ended up happening to where I ended up, she, her bike touched my bike and I fell, out, fell over and scraped up my knees and she just kept saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. I'm like, I know you that you weren't trying to kill me, but you know, we just ended up in this situation. Uh, and so there are things that happen haphazardly that you know, we acknowledge that we might not have meant to. But then there are those things that we must recognize we have to mean. We have to mean to do it. That's something that we must commit to. And those are the things like, uh, like getting up in the middle of, I'm just kidding, I'm picking on Becky. (laughs) Uh, Those decisions that we mean to do are those decisions that, uh, that we must actually consider to plan, to take with a purpose. In other words, intentionality is about decisiveness. I'm a terribly indecisive person. And it's not because I'm, I'm necessarily scared about either option. I just know that I'm going to pick the wrong option. That's just what's going to happen. Without fail, Target is right next to our house. Without fail, every time I go to Target, there's always two lines that are open. Only two. I don't know why they, they, have, uh, they have like 30 of them and they only open two. Every single time I go to Target, I get in the wrong line and I stand there about four times as long as the other line does. 
I'm always going to pick the wrong option. So I've become a very indecisive person uh, in the process. Intentionality requires decision. Intentionality involves something that is meaningful. It has to be something that we consider to be impactful, something that's going to make a difference. And so as we look at the life of a disciple, we consider how disciples are intentional with what they have learned as disciples. And much of that intentionality ends up showing up in our lives in the way that we treat people. So today's Mother's Day, uh, and as I said before, this day comes with a lot of complicated emotions for many people. Uh, and as many of you know, uh, my mother passed away last year. Uh, and it was unexpected. I didn't realize it was going to happen, but it did happen. And uh, come to peace with that. Therapy helps a lot. I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, but uh, as I was thinking back at leading up to Mother's Day about my mom and the, the characteristics that she had, first of all, I, I will say she was by no means a perfect person. She had plenty of flaws, absolutely. She also didn't have a perfect life. She had a lot of really difficult and challenging things happen in her life. Uh, and, but, but regardless of all of those things, there was something that she was always very intentional with. And this might sound kind of strange, but she was always very intentional about being a mom. And what I mean by that is, uh, yeah, of course, she was, she was my mother, uh, but she understood what it meant to be a mom to more than just myself and my sister. In fact, every single one of our friends referred to her as mom. They would come over to our house and they would talk to her by saying, they wouldn't say, Miss Donna or Miss Wright or whatever, she would, they would say, Mom, you know, can I get something out of the fridge or whatnot? Uh, all of our friends, mine and my sister's friends, all referred to her as Mom because she just had that characteristic about her, that quality that she was very intentional about, that came about in her kindness and the way that she cared for people, the way that she loved other people. And, uh, and she was always there for people. I would show up, uh, you know, from whatever was happening one day and there would be, you know, some of my friends sitting there with my mom. I'm like, Wait, are you just here to hang out with my mom? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, in, in fact, even uh, my, my high school girlfriend, uh, after we broke up, she would still go to my mom and talk with my mom and hang out with my mom. I was like, hey, that, that's fine. You know, I'm, we ended on, on decent terms, but, you know, it was just, that's the characteristic that she held about her that she was so intentional with. Regardless of everything else that, would ha that had happened in her life leading up to that, that, uh, that she was dealing with at that particular time, uh, she was always very intentional about being a mom to people, about showing compassion and kindness to people, about nurturing and caring for people. And she worked a full-time job. Uh, she did all of the other things. She was a small group leader at our church, all, all of these other things, and, and she still made time to be a mom. Not a perfect mom, by any means, but a good mom, because she cared for people. She might not have made all of the right decisions, but her intentionality, the choice that she made with, whenever she was with any other person, was to be there for them, to care for them to show compassion. And it was decisive. There wasn't ever a question about it for her. She was always going to be that person. And it was impactful. 
it made a difference in every single person's life that she came in contact with. She was there for them, and they were there for her. And the way that she loved them showed up in the way that they, that they loved other people, myself and my sister included. And so on this Mother's Day, as, uh, as I continue to reflect on, on my mom's life and all that uh, she meant to so many people, I felt uh, it ended up being very fitting that today we're talking about intentionality. Because to be something in somebody's life, to be someone who makes a difference in somebody's life, requires intentionality, purpose, decisiveness, planning for that. It's not something that happens haphazardly. It's something that, that she took on in her life every step of the way. And as I consider uh, our passage today in Philippians uh, chapter 4, I recognize that, that she did a very good job of doing what Paul was encouraging the Philippians to do. Hear these words again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is any, wor any worthy of praise, Think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Intentionality starts as a mental state. Paul encourages the people, think about these things, the things that are true and honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. I think my mom did a pretty good job of this. I think she was able to keep her mind on the things that were commendable and worthy of praise. Things that were honorable, just, pure, true, excellent. Maybe not perfectly, but she did it with intentionality. This is the challenge that Paul offers to the, to the Philippians, and this is towards the end of his letter to the church in Philippi. As, uh, and Philippians is a really fun letter if you're looking for a peppy one. It's probably the most uh, compassionate letter that Paul offers to his churches. Uh, and, but he's, he's encouraging the people to continue doing what they are doing. Because they're doing something right. They're doing something well. They're making a difference in their community as disciples. The mission statement of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And the church in Philippi, they were transforming their part of the world as disciples. They were making a difference based on what they had learned, based on their experiences. And so Paul says, keep doing what you're doing. Keep focusing on that which is true. Plenty of alternative facts and fake news in our world today. It's worthless. Focus on what is true, and what do we know to be true if not the love of God? Things that are honorable. Deceit might be just as rampant as fake news 
in our world. And Paul encourages the people to keep focus on what is honorable, what is venerable, what is going to be seen by other people as respectable. On what is just, what is fair, what is righteous. Uh, the real translation of this word, dike, uh, that's used in the Greek is what is equitable. And I don't mean like equity that you build in something financially. I mean the, uh, the fair treatment of people based on their circumstances. What is pure, that means keeping, setting aside all of those things that are distractions in our life that take us away from the narrow path that might be set before us. Things that are pleasing, or really the word for this in Greek is things that are lovely. And we know those things that are lovely, those things that are worth thinking about. Things that are commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. It's, it's fascinating that we as a, a people in our society, we know what is good, what is healthy, what is right to set our minds to, uh, yet it's so much easier to choose the opposite things more often than not. Paul is encouraging the church of Philippi to keep doing what they're doing, to focus on that which is excellent, worthy of praise. And he does this uh, with this with this point here in verse nine, where he says, "Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen." See, intentionality is built on what we learn. Not everything comes inherently uh, to us. Children are notoriously self-centered. That's my toy, right? Uh, Praise God we're able to kind of grow out of that. Sometimes, not everybody is very good at growing out of that, I guess. Uh, but we can grow out of that and start to see it's not about what's mine. It's about us together, the connectedness, the communal nature of it all. Uh, and, and we learn. We learn to grow as disciples who are intentional in our lives. This is why we start this disciple life with learning, because disciples are always those who are following and learning from those who are more wise and more experienced than they are in every walk of life. And so Paul is encouraging the church in Philippi, you've learned this, keep doing it. You've received this, keep doing it. You've heard this, keep doing it. You've seen this, keep doing it. And Paul even says, I have even been an example for you, keep doing it. And the God of peace will be with you. So considering the life of a disciple, what it means to really follow Christ, what it means to, as Christ said, if any of you want to be my disciples, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. We see that that is built on intentionality, on an intentional choice, a mental state that is a commitment to a course of action. So my challenge for each and every one of us today is to live with intentionality. 
to live with intentionality. We're not going to be perfect at every single thing that we do. We're not going to be the best at every single thing we do. In fact, if, if for some reason you are the best at something that, in, in, that you do in your life, then I really need to hear more about your story and how you became to be the best uh, because most of us aren't going to be the best. That's not what's important. What's important is the intentionality, what we mean behind it. And not just the good intentions behind it, but the intentions that lead to the course of action in our lives. For my mom, it would have been really cute and really nice for her to just mean to be a good mom to everybody. But she didn't just stop with the good intentions. She made a commitment to a course of action. And she might not have been perfect at it. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I never asked her to be perfect. But she was good at it. She was a mom to people. So on this Mother's Day, when we are considering all of the complex emotions that are with us today, the joys, the hurt, the confusion, the pain, the sorrow, the excitement, all that goes into this day, may we then respond with intentionality, with that commitment to a course of action, to keep our minds on things that are true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. To keep on doing these things that we have learned from Christ, that we have learned from one another, that we will go on to teach others as well. Let us do so with intentionality. Let us do so in the name of Christ. And let us pray.